By the way, that's the best noise in the whole world right there. I would rather have that than old people quiet. <laughs> you guys rock, by the way. If, if you haven't heard them sing A Mighty Fortress, I mean, you guys light it up. I've been in chapel every time you've sung that. It's just amazing. You rock it. I mean, it's just the whole thing. Right now in our church, this, this is probably the fullest we've, we've had a, a venue except for the sanctuary on Wednesday mornings when the children go to chapel. And uh, what uh, Stefan and Carissa and Alex and Audrey have done to teach them to sing is, I mean, I, teachers, I, I think it's best since I've been here. I mean, they, I mean those, I've got to get the stained glass windows reinforced because they just raw. Julia Willett, you rock. Where are you, Julia? Raise your hand. There you are. Thank you for reading the Bible verse I'm going to preach on today. It's so good. She comes up, we play soccer maps and hang out. It's pretty neat, but thank you for reading that today. I'm reminded that it's getting to be that time of the season where maybe you can't carry as much as you were, you were carrying. And it seems to me as a culture and a people, we've been carrying a lot. I watch my children raise my grandson. And if I haven't mentioned it before, my grandson is perfect in every way. And any grandparents who's out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Your grandkids. You look at your grandkids in a whole different way than you look at your own children. And that's no dig on raising kids, but my goodness, raising kids is a lot of work. And when, when my grandson spends the night and he cries, my daughter-in-law and my son pick him up. I don't got to do that. I, but these are those days that are I mean, the run from the middle of August to Thanksgiving, if you have a fifth grader, is a long run. Everything starts, right? Soccer starts, sports start, school starts, music lessons start, dancing lessons start, lacrosse lessons, you know, everything kind of... And I don't know about you, but I never put more miles on a car than I put on our old Tahoe driving kids hither and yon. And there was nothing like the smell of old McDonald's food underneath the seat in the back of that old Tahoe. That's just kind of how it works, right? And I don't know about you, but I, my heart goes out because I think those are wonderful days. I mean, some of the best days of your whole life. But man, by Thanksgiving, I just tired. There are nights when you raise your children, you've done everything that God has put in front of you to raise and love your children. And you're like, oh my word, now I can do what I have to do for myself. And there's just only so many hours in a day, but there's so many more tasks and things, things to be done. Jesus speaks to that in our text today that Julia read so beautifully. Something that I have underlined, highlighted, and um, etched a little bit in my heart um, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One of the things I think our culture is struggling with that makes that verse so poignant for us this morning and so relevant in our lives is a crisis of meaning. We do and 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 do. I don't know about you, I've got a list of stuff. I make my list once a week and I just start checking them off. 
And there's always a few things on that list that don't get checked off. And then they ride over to the next list. <laughs> it's amazing how many things there are for us and for you, for us together to, to do. And sometimes my life becomes more about doing the things that need to be done rather than being the person I need to be. As if somehow by achieving so many tasks, I create meaning and fulfillment for my life. I think that's the yoke that Jesus is speaking about here in Matthew's gospel. That a man or person's abundance does not consist in the amount of things and the amount of tiredness that they could possibly yoke upon their heart. Crisis of meaning. Meaning being, how do the things that you do stick together and connect together into one integrated life? So that when you close your eyes in exhaustion, right? After the assignment books have been signed and the math homework's been checked, and uh, that you can close your eyes and have this marvelous sense of peace and that God's destiny was achieved that day, that moment in your life. I think America is struggling with that right now. I think that America has convinced itself that uh, what, 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 it, the more you do, the tired you are, the better you are. And, and, and the more you can forcefully put for your, forward your opinions, the better you are. The more that you can politically mess with somebody else, the better you are. The more meaning I'll get if there's more things that I'm involved in and blah, blah, blah. I think that's led to fatigue. I think that's led to a, a, like a mental and a psychological as well as a physical exhaustion. One of the places that I like to go, and I don't get to go there very often, and the days are coming where I might not be able to go back. My wife was raised on a farm in west central Minnesota, and it is flat there. You could take a bowling ball on the road and roll the bowling ball and roll for four miles. Not really. It just seems like it, right? There's a river that winds through their property. They have about 180 acres, right? And the Palm de Terre, the Potato River goes through there goes through their property, and there's a place called the Big Bend, and it's where the river basically bends to the west and then bends all the way back to the east. And you can't get there by the road. You can only get there by a path. Can't even get your ATV down there, but you can't get your horse down there. There's no cell service down there. It's quiet. There might be a muskrat swimming in the River. I caught a turtle once on a daredevil. You can Google what a daredevil is, but I hooked a turtle and you've never seen a fish pole go down so fast. You can hear the water gurgle. There's mink down there. It's peaceful and quiet. It's one of those rare places where I can go and just be. I think that's kind of part of what life is all about, to have those moments of refreshment where we're reminded that the tasks that are many are gathered into one life and that the being, the peace of our soul, that peace that God has redeemed in us finds rest and meaning and peace. I love that. People think God's burden is awful on your thing. Well, if you're a Christian, then you have to be against that and against this and against that and against this. And you got to be this and that. Nah, it's so dumb. 
God is for people. God is for you. The scripture tells us that God does not come to condemn, but to save and to bring peace. As we work in the next six weeks on the idea of being, how cool is it to be together today? We who come from all over Orange County, we who come from all over Southern California, we who have nothing in common except one thing, and that is Jesus. You might have a fifth grader, you might have a third grader, you may not have any grader. (laughs) You may have just wandered in from the street, and today you hold in common faith in Jesus Christ with everyone else who's here And you link in community today and somehow being in community makes the burden lighter because I don't got to carry everything myself and and, and somehow sitting next to someone and singing a beautiful piece and, and, and hearing the students read and being together in community lightens the soul and provides a sense of rest that even getting to the bottom of the list of tasks doesn't, doesn't drive. And so in this moment of the fall where you're kind of into, into everything and things are new, I wondered if you'd be willing to pick up a little bit of a challenge. If you'd work to develop some meaningful habits and routines in your life that would see you beyond where you're at today and help you grow into a Christian adult person that would have resiliency in the face of challenges, that would have strength in those times when you feel weak, And that would provide peace for your soul when the rest of the world seems to be in chaos. In the next couple weeks, we're going to look at our own hearts and examine that. We're going to talk about being committed to community. We're going to talk about studying scripture. We're going to talk about prioritizing prayer. We're going to talk about seeking solitude. We're going to talk about choosing church. All of those habits are work, and yet they lighten the load. The yoke comes off because being in community means we share life together. Studying scripture means the Lord instructs our souls. Prioritizing prayer means it's not all on us. Seeking solitude means that there's a place for you of peace. And choosing church means there's a rhythm and a pattern of life that will ease the anxiety that may speak to your soul. Come to me, all who are weary, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. All of these habits provide an opportunity for understanding that God is at the center of the universe and not me. Sometimes I like to feel like I'm at the center of the universe, and maybe you share that with me. I used to be the dad, and now I'm the grandpa, (laughs) and that ain't bad. It's easy for me to sit in my uh, Costco easy chair and just let life kind of revolve around me. Bring me a cookie, bring me a Snapple, bring me, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I'm reminded that the world does not revolve around me. I'm reminded that the world revolves around the one who died for the world and redeemed the world, our Lord Jesus Christ. And that by his grace and his providential care, he's called me and all of us into a living relationship in which control and order ultimately are in his hands. 
And he leads and guides us through our lives with love and grace and compassion. And with him at the center of the universe and me not having to be at the center of the universe, there's a sense of trust that I can give the anxiety and the fear and the chaos to him. And somehow the yoke of life becomes lighter. I love that idea. One of the things that the students work on that I'm not sure they're aware of because we're a little bit sneaky in the school, especially Mr. Deport. Oh, Kyle. If you ask him in 15 years, and you just went like this, you went, a mighty fortress. <laughs> yeah, I like you. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. See what I'm saying? That's unrehearsed. I got to buy you a donut after church, bro. <laughs> you see, what's in the soul is what counts. What's in the soul is matters. What's in the soul that lasts forever. Jesus said, focusing all your life on stuff that is seen is folly because what is unseen is eternal. My, is, my goal, my hope is senior. My gope, goal and hope together, gope. I just coined a word. My goal and hope is senior pastor is that when life becomes imminently more complicated for these beautiful people, that there's a reservoir of something in their soul that eases their load. A mighty fortress is our God. God is our refuge and strength. For God so loved the world that he gave. At a time when the world is chaotic and things are crazy, how wonderful is it to have a reservoir of grace, to have a reservoir of of love that is otherworldly to link us back to God, to Jesus, to the cross. And the load gets lifted. Join me for a word of prayer. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the opportunity to just be here today. Lord, my, my computer broke and I couldn't print this morning. I scratched out this sermon on legal pad. I just thank you that I had it done. And, and thank you for the spontaneity of the students, for the spontaneity of the crowd, for the goodness of your presence of peace in us and through us. Visit us in those moments of, of uh, exhaustion and tiredness. Breathe into our souls and onto our hearts your love and your grace, your strength and your hope that invigorate us and that cause us to put our shoulders back and our chins out and to lead with the heart. Pray this morning for those who are just kind of struggling, who are saying, oh man, pastor, hurry up and stop. We got stuff to do. Bless them. Bless them at that lucid moment of your spirit's presence in their lives. How grateful we are to be your children, to be gathered together today. Father God, we hear your words of challenge, but we also hear your words of grace. You forgive, you renew, you restore. There's no one sitting here today that is outside the purview of your grace. We all, no matter how broken, no matter how wonderful, we all belong to you. It's grace that divides our community, our church, and our relationship with you. So as we turn ourselves to the sacrament of the altar, as we turn ourselves to the Lord's Supper, we're reminded of your grace, of your love, your presence, 
peace that comes from being with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.